Hello and welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. My name is Sean Davis Newton, here as per usual for the Cups and Cakes Network. Today I'm excited to share the one interview that I did for the Purple City Music Festival, which took place in Edmonton in late August 2022. It was a wonderful time, lots of outdoor shows going on, and I caught up with the one and only Sister Ray uh, before their show at the Rocky Mountain Ice House. We chatted in the uh, Chateau Lacombe in a nice uh, high-up hotel room, watching the sunset over Edmonton. And boy, what a pleasure it was to, to get a chance to talk to, to talk to them about pretty much just songwriting and recording for, for almost a full hour. Uh, along the way, touched a lot on playing crib, how to get better at playing crib, and uh, we talked about their uh, fascinating love, I will say, for Formula One racing. Uh, of course, there are some foul languages in this episode, so listener beware. And if you want to find other episodes of this podcast, as well as other audio, video, and written content, you can find all that over on the Cups and Cakes Network website at cupsandcakespod.com. One more time, that's cups the letter n cakespod.com here's sister ray my my artist name is sister ray my name is ella it's nice to have you on the show Thank um, you. this is of course inside the artist studio i think this is literally the one interview i'm doing for purple city <laughs> uh so we're here in i don't know what this hotel is i always forget chateau uh, lacombe baby chateau lacombe yeah looking over downtown edmonton got rogers place it little, is a beautiful view a little sunset going on yeah big vibes in here right now yeah who says edmonton doesn't look nice <laughs> um, uh yeah thanks so much for coming on the show i'm excited to see you play tonight that'll be fun um i haven't done one of these since sled so this is a kind of awkward preamble welcome but, back uh, oh thank you um without further ado i guess we'll just kind of hop right into it so uh, we're gonna do some rapid fire stuff uh very first question is there a, a specialty dish that you cook or bake that uh makes either makes people think of you or feels like like the thing that you do Hmm, what a great question. Um, actually, you know what? I have this weird food that I make that's not really a dish, but it, but it is a dish, though. Like, I made yeah. it up. Uh, maybe it was a collab with someone in the past. I don't know. Maybe I'm saying, maybe, but it's just like a real comfort meal in the winter. Just like cook some mushrooms and some potatoes and some chickpeas, lots of cumin, and then this little like tahini nutritional yeast okay situation yeah. apple cider vinegar situation it's very good it's pretty much just a bowl of brown <laughs> but it's really good when it's shit out and you just want to eat something that you yeah, know when yeah. you eat something and it makes you feel warm the whole way yeah that's what it is it's a fully warm food <laughs> i like food that does not look like it's going to be good or sound like it's going to be good and mm -hmm. then you eat it and it's like I like brown mush. Like, I'm good with that, you know? <laughs> I forget what the dish is, but there's some uh, story about it kind of starting to get cooked in Korea during the Korean War out of just, like, leftover army rations from the U.S. being there. Mm. And it's, like, hot dogs and baked beans oh, shit. and spam. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I made it once, and it was like, this is fucking awesome awesome it's this i've also so had good. it and it's very good it's yeah, kind yeah. of obscene i'm a i'm a real hot dog 
<laughs> stan though i yeah, stan yeah. a hot dog do you do you do like the street meat thing in toronto is that like no <laughs> no <laughs> no i have not there's a hot dog stand that is basically across the street from my apartment yeah and i think about it sometimes but i just i don't know i can't do it <laughs> i just can't do it i wish i was like that i feel yeah. like i'd be cooler but yeah i can't <laughs> Uh, do you prefer tea or coffee? Coffee. <laughs> I have to stop asking this because every time people say coffee and then I say, nobody ever says tea. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I feel like the demographic of people that you're interviewing yeah, are yeah. like, maybe I was more of a tea person before I was like touring more and stuff. And yeah, now yeah. I live and die by a cup of really bad coffee yeah yeah i'm i mean i know 100 percent with certainty i've said this on this show before it was just that i started working at a studio and then started drinking a shitload of coffee yeah it, just because it it like it does a job oh i i love gas station coffee <laughs> i i like it more than nice coffee if it's yeah, yeah. sour i'm like okay no that is not what this is supposed to taste like yeah yeah is is there coffee that you legitimately don't like, like, or or like a preparation, or just like too much cream, or something? Like, is there something that will make you not drink it? Um, yeah, like if it's really light roast, like third wave, whatever, nice coffee. Yeah. I actually cannot. It <laughs> first of all gives me an. I feel so anxious halfway through. I think I'm going to have a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm going to drink coffee, I want to be able to drink three cups of it minimum. Yeah. You know? But it depends on the time of day, how I'm going to hit it, you know? I'll take a little cream and sugar at night, a little after dinner coffee. Don't mind if I do. Yeah, I, I will say I, um, I'm, i like, not good with caffeine. Mm. And it, I played a show of... I guess about a month ago now and it was like had a cup of coffee in the morning someone offered to go get me a cup of coffee at work and I was like sure and then spent just several hours in the middle of the day like just like on the edge of very bad panic mm. I was like oh I don't know what's going on I just haven't played in a while and it's like oh no I had two cups of coffee in a day and that like killed me I love living on the edge <laughs> There's like a huge chance before we leave this hotel room that I will have a cup of coffee and it's 7.35 p.m. Yeah, can't do it. Um, what's the weirdest job you've ever had? I don't think I've really had any weird jobs. I've had shit jobs, I think. Yeah. But I haven't really had, I've had a lot of classic, classic jobs you know right. lots of restaurant jobs okay yeah, yeah um was a house cleaner for a while and it was a 10 out of 10 i listened to so much music so many audiobooks yeah yeah i was so smart when i did that job i talked to my grandparents a lot it's very wholesome yeah but i don't think i've had any weird jobs really i've kept it pretty pretty clean yeah it, it it's funny just um I guess actually, first of all, like front of house or back of house at restaurants? Both. Okay. I started back of house. My my origins are in back of house. I started as a dishwasher. Yeah. And then I was a prep cook and then I was a line cook. And uh, now I do front of house. How do you feel about restaurant jobs in general? Hmm. You know, what a great question. <laughs> um, they are hard. 
and they can lack dignity, but the money is where it's at. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about it. I don't know. You know, I get yeah, into yeah. it when I'm in it. It's like a... It is what it is. It's a necessity, you know? Do you have like a good customer service voice? I have... Okay, so this is my, I have a server voice story that I actually, I'm, I'm, I want to tell right yeah, now because yeah, I think it's yeah. appropriate. So I work at a restaurant in Toronto that I really like working at, actually. I think yeah. it's my best restaurant job so far. Good, good situation. And I had, you know, when you match with someone on Tinder 12 times and never speak? No. So, <laughs> so I was working one day and this person came in who yeah. I knew their face from Tinder. Yeah, yeah. And gave them server voice. And they were in with uh, their sister, but I didn't know it was their sister. And how we clarified was he messaged me immediately after the howdy emoji and then clarified he was with his sister and not on a date. It was awesome. But I had to go on a date with this person because I could not live knowing that someone had only heard my server voice <laughs> that I matched with on Tinder. It was physically painful for me. So I definitely yeah. have server voice. It's yeah. Yeah. I'm making money, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what's the first car you ever owned? If any, my f well, I didn't own this car. It was my mom's car, but I had a 2006 Dodge Grand Caravan that I loved. Yeah. It was amazing. It was white. My beautiful mom van. And yeah. then after that, I had a 2007 Saturn Ion named okay. Linda, and I drove that car until I left. And I, she was my queen. I yeah, loved yeah. her. Yeah, it it's like my like uh, my uh, generational wealth slash privilege story that like. I was I lived in Toronto for a little while, moved home because I just like things were bad. Yeah. Um, and then at some point, my grandpa woke me up at like seven in the morning. It was like, I need you to give me a ride somewhere. Drove his 2005 Dodge Grand Caravan hey. <laughs> to a dealership. And then he was like, you need to give me this nickel. And I'm going to write down that you paid a nickel for this car. Amen. It's your car now. And every car I've driven since then has been that somebody uh totaled that car i got a bunch of money and then have been able to buy cars that's a beautiful cycle you've survived it all <laughs> yeah from what i can see pretty unscathed <laughs> thanks jake uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh if you could put together uh, a bill to put yourself on with a couple other bands uh who who would you uh who would you want to play with like current bands yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Um, I mean, my dream show. I this isn't current, but I'm gonna say it because it is modern music. Because I always dreamed of playing a show with Richard Swift, R.I.P. Um, that like Damien Dorado, Richard Swift covers album was yeah. one of my faves of all time. If I could see that live, I would die. Yeah. Um. Maybe like, I really like Mothers a lot. I'd love to play on a bill with oh, them. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. 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 When, when you are uh, like, not that you probably put together a ton of bills at this point, but like, do you enjoy playing 
um, with other bands where you feel like it's like just naturally a good fit for what you do or, um, you know, like I know it's pretty normal in smaller cities like Edmonton to have pretty eclectic, uh, like bonkers, nonsensical bills. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you, how do you feel about kind of either of those options? Some of my favorite shows of all time have been in Edmonton on really weird bills. Yeah, yeah. Some some of my favorite shows, Blessed is one of my favorite bands in Canada. I am fully obsessed. Yeah, And yeah. I played a few bills with them right when I first started Sister Ray, and they are still some of my favorite shows of all time. I did some shows with Mauno that I really loved, oh, yeah. also yeah. like a wild fit. Yeah. But I love those because it feels like such a challenge, and I really like it to yeah, feel the yeah. figure out it, and it makes me play really, I think, the most authentically because I can't. Yeah. I don't know how to serve the people that are there to see them. Right. And and see that kind of band. I can't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And so it really makes me just go full blown. I don't know. Just do what yeah. I do and do it. Yeah. I love those shows so much. Well, it's a little easier to be able to step out and just be like, well, uh, this is like, this is the thing that I do. And it's like, yeah, like you said, it's like, it's not like you can kind of guess and make modifications to that based on how you feel like people are going to feel about it. Yeah. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So my faves of all time have been, some of my favorite shows of all time were on bills with blessed in particular. Yeah. Amazing yeah. for me. And they are like heavy math, mathy rock you know yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. really <laughs> like three guitar player thing yeah. you know yeah yeah i know uh i was in a band called trace italian for a long time where um yeah it was that i was playing with guys in that band who did kind of math rocky stuff and those were not really the songs that i was writing but they knew a lot of very kind of emo-y math rocky bands and yeah. so we ended up doing a lot of those bills which is like fun because it, it's nice to you know uh there's something kind of fun about being able to step on stage and kind of have the like monty python now for something completely different mm -hmm. moment yeah but uh yeah is there a social media account that you like to follow that brings you some joy so many oh my god um I'm going to look at my Instagram right now, to be honest with you, because I am like in some... See if someone's going to sell merch. Oh, no, not for oh. that. Just <laughs> see what Instagram accounts I'm really into right now, because I am like... Oh, you know what? I'm going to say Brotherhood of Plates. One <laughs> yeah! of my faves. I got a shout out. It is an anonymous food yep. review account in Edmonton. And what I love about it is that I don't want to eat at all when I read it. <laughs> It is, in fact, at times, makes me feel gross about food. Yeah. And I I love that. Yeah. That makes me uh, just feel really, really good. Really, really, really good. I also, I really like Catatonic Youth, also. It still, like, serves me yeah, every day. Yeah. I know that's, like, a huge Instagram account, but, oh, it's so good. Yeah. The, uh, the old Brotherhood of Plates combination of... Uh, kind of confessional food reviews <laughs> um as well as uh short narrative fiction um, yeah. <laughs> is just uh is just the best it's so good i really yeah. <laughs> i'm a huge fan 
Uh, do you prefer uh, sports, board games, or video games? Um, do cards count as board games? Yeah, we'll count that. Okay, I'm a big card player. I play a lot of crib. Okay. I really like Gin Rummy a lot. Um, I play a lot of crib on my phone. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I play solitaire. Yeah, yeah. By myself a lot. Um, yeah, mo- mostly board games. Touch of sports in there every once in a while, you know, yeah, a yeah. little taster. But I'm I'm big card card forward. Have Have you gotten to a point where you feel like you're good at crib? Yeah, I'm awesome. <laughs> I'm so good. I'm playing pro level on my crib app. Okay. Every single day for so long on the plane, it's nuts. <laughs> Yeah, I um not it like is I luck, play a ton, <laughs> right? But like um every time I play it's just like I don't like I, I just I do not get better at this game. Mm, see, you got to get the app cuz it shows me when I have suboptimal plays. <laughs> and I really like that. I also love the pu- it's punishing, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I there was a period where I was playing a lot of chess and a lot of my friends were playing a lot of chess mm-hmm. and it was just like um i cannot play a game like that that lasts less than 2 hours because it is like there is something in my brain that is like that's going to be a suboptimal play <laughs> and i just like it's like i'm not competitive i just don't like the feeling that i could have done something better mm. Mm. I'm not competitive either, but I think a part of why I like playing cards is my number one card companion is very competitive. Fair. And I yeah. just razz <laughs> the whole time. Do you get into like betting card games at all? Or No, I am i don't really like gambling <laughs> and I'm pretty deeply uncomfortable with it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, I know I had done an interview with Corb uh, Lund like a year and a bit ago and somebody had kind of tipped me off that I should ask some gambling questions Ooh. yeah apparently uh, corb loves playing cards uh, yeah i can't do it it's like it actually is not uh i can't do it <laughs> i refuse to gamble <laughs> when the gambling starts i'm like this is not fun okay yeah, yeah i know uh, i was out last night at h2o's and i was pretty drunk and as a joke threw a bunch of cash down on the pool table and somebody immediately was like don't fucking do that. Anymore, <laughs> yeah, man. also like, wrong place to do that. Do not do that. <laughs> really, not your best. No, location it for was dumb. <laughs> We're not H two O's though. Uh, do you have a hobby or a pastime that you surprised yourself by getting into? Yeah, I got full blown, entire body deep into F one over the pandemic, <laughs> and I can't escape. I am obsessed. <laughs> Sorry. Um, like cars? Yeah. Like cars. You know why I am <laughs> okay. obsessed with it? I mean, first of all, my producer is a huge yeah. F1 fan. Cars and he was one fast. of the only people. Um, yes, cars go fast. Yeah. He was one of the only people I um, was around in the pandemic, right? Right, And yeah. so he was super into it and really got me so good. Yeah, um, yeah. And now I can't get out. I'm in a Discord server. It's very active. I think there's 15 of us, maybe, and we are just international. And yeah. so we go so hard. It's it's one of those things that's really interesting just because I feel like, um, you know, any type of, uh, uh, like, sports fandom is always really, like, geographically related, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
And that's just like, yeah, not a lot of Canadian racing fans, I would imagine. No. Uh, unfortunately, also, all of our Canadian drivers are wildly disappointing. It's really hard for me to feel any sense of patriotism. I try so hard, <laughs> and it just pains It just pains me so much. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like a... You know, I like it because they have such a pure pursuit. Right. They're yeah. just trying to be first. They're trying to go fastest and be first. And yeah. I, I love that yeah. so much. They're just going in circles. Yeah, yeah. You know, just fancy circles. It's so good. How long do those races last? Like an hour. They're really good. <laughs> there was one this morning. It was, yeah. it was a wild ride. Yeah, I shocked myself by getting really into soccer. Mm. Um, like I grew up around it got family from the UK, mm-hmm. but like it's at the point where it's like, I'll actually sit down and like, oh, got to catch up on my soccer The scores. soccer fandom is nuts also. People go so hard for soccer. Yeah, I was um, very, very pleased to find out. I've been going to the aviary a lot that both Philip and Mark are big British Premier League fans. <laughs> nice. And that's, uh, that, was, that was a good get. It's like, oh, thank fucking God, someone <laughs> I can talk to about right. this. Um, <laughs> that's great. Oh, we got two left on the rapid fire side of things. Is there uh, an album that spurred your love of music? I think probably Grace by Jeff Buckley was the first one that made me want to make the kind of music that I make. Right. So, and maybe spurred my interest in just the songs that I love and that's more specific to how I sound now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think I heard that record when I was... 14 or 15 and it just rattled me deeply how did you find it like what was your kind of route to get there uh i found it at st albert public library i lived in sturgeon county and i went to high school by there yeah yeah and our internet wasn't super great out there and so it was kind of hard to listen to music and download music and stuff so i would go to the library and just find flip through cds yeah um by cover only. And that was how I found that record. And also how I found out about Charles Spearin, who is also one of my okay. faves of all time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would just go dig at the library and then burn them onto my computer at home and then return them. <laughs> what does the cover of the Jeff Buckley record look like? It's him. It's a photo yeah, yeah. of him. Just a picture of him. Yeah, but it's just iconic. It's a, ve- it's a very 90s, yeah, yeah, very, very 90s album cover. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he looks smoking yeah Mm. so good (laughs) i swear we were about like this close to saying smoking at the same time which (laughs) oh would have been good podcasting um uh very last one then uh are there any uh bands or artists that uh you're really into that are kind of smaller acts you want to give a shout out to um what have i been really into lately I don't even know if they're that. I'm. I listen to Charlotte Cornfield so much. I love Georgia Harmer's yeah new record. It's amazing. Um, there's a project that my producer has worked on a little bit called Samantha that I really love. Yeah, it's all kind of like dance tracks and club tracks, and it's okay. so good. They have a song called Dirty Work that I've listened to. A wild amount of times i go so hard to that song um yeah 
I know I listen to mostly local music, but I can't. I really like Marlena Moore's all of the new stuff that she's been doing. Yeah, I'm obsessed yeah. with. Monty's been playing on it, and it's just so good. Yeah, it's been fun getting to do this because you start to pick up on like there's like the kind of wrecking crew of Alberta folks. Yeah, of just like yeah, like talked to Samantha Savage Smith a few months ago, and it's like oh yeah. Lives with Chris Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Common stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got a crew, crew for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this is maybe a weird pivot into the second half of things. Just more broad, general conversation. But like, do you do you find that you have a pretty varied taste in music, or do you kind of like really hyper focus on certain like types of music? If that makes sense. I think I used to, and over the last two years, my listening has opened up so much yeah yeah um and it's been really nice i used to really listen to a lot of mostly listen to music that was within the genre of music that i play right yeah and at a certain point i actually found it really creatively stifling it was really hard to create just listening to music that i thought kind of sounded like my music yeah yeah um and so now it's really heavily opened up which i really enjoyed it's been exciting. Do, do you feel like there's like, I, I, I feel like maybe an element of that is just that it's inevitable to kind of compare yourself to the stuff that you listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is that like the stifling part of that? Do you think? Or, well, I think for me it was mostly the, I would listen to songs I loved so much. Right. And I would go, well, I want to write a song like that. Right. But yeah, yeah. Even though it's adjacent to what I do and it's in the world of what I do, those aren't the songs that I write. Right. And it is not a good, it was not a good compass for me to have of what songs are other people writing that I love because it's, I want to be writing the songs that I write that I love and and still love those songs and giving myself a little bit more space in my listening. Right. Really kind of. help me stop doing that do, do you write a lot like are, are you pretty um oh god there's a word <laughs> prolific yeah there we go <laughs> thank you um i spend a lot of time writing and it's really important to me i, I kind of realized at the beginning of the pandemic that i needed a my goal my long-term goal became very clear to me and it was just that right. i really wanted to be I wanted to be able to put as much time into songwriting as I could in a very long-term way right. and shape my life after being a songwriter and, and really pursuing that as my practice. Right. Um, so I spend a lot of time writing, um, but I don't think I'm prolific. <laughs> Do you tend to sit on things for a long time? Like, um, yeah. No, I do, yeah. Yeah, I'll sit on it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just takes a long time for me now. Like, I really like to to sit with it, and I think I've become a little bit more precious now also. I really right. like having a period of time where it is mine, and I get yeah, to explore yeah. it. And, um, and I'm a lot more interested in making records now than I was before, and I think that's a big part right. of it, is that really wanting to pursue it with a small group of people right first before i'm exploring it in kind of a greater sense 
I'm gonna take a wild shot in the dark then and say that you don't tend to like try out new material for audiences. I haven't for a while, but it's also yeah, no, I used to. And it used yeah. to be a really big way that I would kind of go through the process. But yeah, no, I, I don't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It, it It's interesting, too, because I like uh, there's the new record, like there's communion. And then um, I think it's worth touching on the record that was before that. That was a lot of improvised yeah. stuff <laughs> that I found out today is hard to find on the Internet. Well, I took it off uh. of the Internet. So <laughs> that's why. Um <laughs> What do you feel like doing that, like, did for you moving into, like, you know, kind of another stage of writing in, like, not that way? Well, I think it taught me how to write in a really emotional way and know what right. the feeling is that I'm looking for very, very specifically. Right. Because in that setting, it was so, because I was just improvising all the time, the, the way that I was guided was kind of in this thing where I knew it was good when it was happening. Right. When I felt both kind of the most grounded, but also the most free. Right. Like kind of this perfect, everything is in a perfect place. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was really high stakes in air quotes, but like it's, yeah. you know, you can't just stop and try something again. Yeah, you just have yeah. to keep going and keep, getting into the feeling further and further without fear. Yeah. Um, and it made me, yeah, understand when I'm writing what feels good, use that as my navigation. Right. And I think also do it with less fear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I, I, I think the big kind of like miraculous part of putting a record together in that way is just like... um. I don't know if you're a uh, Jeff Tweedy fan at all or mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Um, but you know, he'll talk about like writing by doing like kind of like a mumble track. Right. And then you just kind of pick out certain sounds and certain words in certain places. Um, but the idea that like the act of doing any kind of art is getting to a place where you can kind of feel like you're outside of yourself in some way. Um, which is hard enough to do alone <laughs> in a room by yourself um I, I i guess like yeah this isn't leading to a question it's pretty cool <laughs> um uh do you think about that experience still like in terms of like process now like do you go back to that still or do you just kind of like I really struggle to, and I really envy my past self for yeah, yeah. for that being so accessible because yeah. it, it's not so accessible to me anymore, and I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, at the time, I was doing it really out of necessity. I really couldn't felt like I couldn't write at the time, right? But I love to play shows, and yeah, it's kind yeah. of what makes me feel like I understand myself and my little place in the universe, yeah, yeah. you know. Um. But it's, I don't, I look back and I actually don't know how I was doing it entirely. Yeah. Because I, I can't do it now. Yeah, which like that um, to me is I think one of the most satisfying things about like, again, writing songs or doing any kind of art is being able to look back and be like, 
I have no fucking clue how yeah. I did that. Like, yeah. that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was such a special time in my life. Actually, I feel so grateful that I got to make art like that for a bit. Yeah, yeah. When did the process of actually, like, putting together the new record then kind of come about? Like, how long had that been brewing for? I mean, timeline is really hard because some of the songs were through through doing the improvised stuff. I was playing a lot of shows, right? And I would remember stuff that was good, and then kind of go back yeah, yeah. and whatever. So some of the songs on the record started like that. So I would have started writing them right. years and years and years ago, but I really started thoughtfully working on it. I mean, we started recording in October of twenty twenty, right? But I've been, was kind of vaguely, the songs really come from a lot of places over that time. For sure, yeah. I wrote a lot of them in March of 2020, um, but. Nothing else happening in the world during that month. I, <laughs> I like, I went to a cabin for a couple of days and just somehow yeah, yeah. wrote so many of those songs. And then yeah. I wrote a few of them after I moved to Toronto. Um but it's my first record that I really made, so it was a bit yeah, of yeah. a th tough to say. Like now, I have a bit more of a process, but I didn't. Yeah, then. I was yeah. just kind of going full speed ahead. How how much um, do you like rewrite stuff once it's been sitting around for a while? Like, is is there a process of saying like, okay, well, like the bones of this one are good, but like this is just not resonant for me in whatever way anymore or generally was it like things were pretty much good and just you know like tweaks get made inevitably yeah th things are pretty much good and I make tweaks it's it's a lot yeah. of lyrical tweaks mostly where sure. there are just yeah. moments where I think and I know when I'm writing where yeah. I go that's not as good as the rest of it right yeah, and yeah. the process for me is extremely repetitive I just play it over and over and over yeah, and over yeah. again and record it over and over again like a voice memo of it yep um that that's the whole thing so yeah lots of just that <laughs> how, how deep do you get into like tiny edits if that makes sense like I, I know um I will get really annoyed about just like like things like you versus us versus we versus you mm. know just like very small changes in terms of like who is being addressed in the song or like what tense certain words are in like mm. are we talking those kinds of changes or are we talking like this line sucks put in a new line <laughs> a lot of lines but also every once in a while words right like single words are just not right but yeah. it's really emotional for me the process is extremely, Yeah, I'm very much guided by what feels right. Yeah, And yeah. so it's, I think it's actually less thoughtful than what you're right. talking about. Yeah, and it's a yeah. lot more, um, I just know that it doesn't feel right. And I'll, and, yeah, and yeah. that's why I record it. Right. Because I'll say the right thing sometimes and I need to make sure I'm recording it because right. I find a lot of the time when I say the right thing is when I'm paying the least attention Right. And I'm really in the movement of yeah, the yeah. song and and the lyrics in particular. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I feel like it's like a really, really normal thing to, um, you know, uh, the number of people who have stories like, yeah, I was working on this song and then I was just like walking my dog 
And then I finished it because you're just not there in the same way. Yeah. Um, Versus that kind of like really intense focus can be detrimental sometimes. Yeah. Um, Do you, do you listen back to demos pretty often or like voice memos? Do you kind of like, yeah. Yeah. I love listening back to them so much. I mean, yeah, because I do, I write a lot. And so it's nice to go back because I write a lot of kind of half stuff. Right. And so it's really can be exciting to go back or I'll be writing about something and I'll think, oh shit, I wrote something that was kind of about this. And I think I said the right thing that I want to say here, but I can't remember what it is. And so I'm going to go back. So it's a huge resource for me to go back and yeah, but I will not, once it's out though, I cannot, will not listen to it and it does not sound pleasant for me. (laughs) It's in fact really uh, unpleasant. (laughs) Uh, so when you went to like start kind of recording proper for communion, how, how much of what you're taking into those sessions is like those voice memos and how much is like, I like, I don't know if you like demo stuff more extravagantly than that, or if you're going in with like production ideas. I mean, the record was really collaborative between Joe and John and I, which was who I, who I made the record with, um, I came in with some references, some ideas, but I had spent ex- like very limited time in the studio before making this record. Right. Um, so I mostly came in with the songs, some kind of light ideas for arrangements. I knew what kind of instrumentation I wanted at, at minimum. You know, I really yeah, wanted yeah. to keep it simple, but it was very, very collaborative between the three of us, which was what I really wanted. Yeah, yeah. How, d- how did you find those folks in terms of like people to work with? Like, how did you kind of get hooked up with them well i had met joe was renting um a top floor from my manager and he was making music all the time up there and chris ben who's my manager connected us and john lives in new york and so we didn't get to do it in person at that time but i worked with joe and then we kind of were sending it back and forth but we did a demo it would have been five years ago now and it was not good. And I really, I've been meaning to dig it out because I haven't listened to it in a long time, but it was not it. We just didn't get it right. It yeah, was so yeah. wrong. <laughs> um, and then when I got a Canon Council grant to make this record. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that happened and Crispin just was very determined that they were the ones to do it with. Yeah, yeah. And I trust him very deeply. Yeah. Uh, in that he really has a strong sense of like I think that's what his third eye sees is <laughs> putting people in the universe together that kind of need to be together yeah yeah um so it was really a big process of trusting him and they had also worked with some people who are some of my have made my favorite records of all time and are some of my favorite songwriters of all time yeah yeah um are you a fairly like comfortable collaborator or is that something that's difficult? Like extremely difficult, extremely difficult. And it took me a really yeah, long time yeah. with Joe to get there. Yeah. And I feel thankful that we made it in the way that we made it. Like it was just Joe and I yeah, yeah. in the studio together because it was in the pandemic and John stayed in New York and recorded in his studio. We're just sending bounces yeah, back and yeah. forth. It's very hard for me. I feel very shy. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, again, just, working in like a, a real ass studio for a while, not at McEwen, um, you start to get a sense that um, 
yeah, it's more important than anything that everybody just kind of like feels good mm-hmm. and feels at home. Vibes are extremely yeah. important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like um, you can fuck up everything else and it'll still kind of work out okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the yeah. vibes were good. Vibes were 10 out of 10. They were incredible. <laughs> I'm so thankful for for John John. Really, they are uh, like yeah. a huge, huge, huge part of this record, and my my first really meaningful collaboration in that yeah, way. Yeah. And they were amazing people to have that experience with. I'm always curious, like, how long was the record actually like like wrapped and like good to go prior to it actually Oof, coming out? I don't even. Like, what a great <laughs> question! It's so long. Yeah, I'd never put out a record like this before. You know, like right, with a, yeah. where you really have to do shit for it i was always just kind of like okay i'll fin like my that first record i did yeah i yeah. sat on it for maybe a couple months but it was i could have posted it the next day on Bandcamp, and it yeah and it would have been like out yeah but yeah. i i bet you we were done for almost a year yeah yeah before it came out maybe something seems like so unbearably difficult about that to me <laughs> it like, was painful i had many moments over it of just not enjoying that yeah. um but i've learned now and it's fine i got over my shit. yeah yeah are you still excited to play those songs yeah i i actually really yeah. enjoy it i'm starting to enjoy it again now that the whole yeah. record is out i really feel like or now that it's been out for a little bit and i feel a bit more settled in it yeah i'm, yeah. I'm really proud of the songs and i had a moment where it was hard just because i'd listened to it so many times and yeah yeah but now that i'm out of it a bit i'm really really yeah really loving it i've got like at least a year of distance yeah so yeah yeah that, yeah, that, that yeah. Helps, and, yeah. I, and you know like now that i have the distance i really feel like i get to learn from them again yeah, which is yeah. really exciting it's uh yeah, i'm just yeah. back in exciting zone now instead of feeling like i've just listened to them yeah, a million yeah. times and i'm like hey i fucking get it dude like <laughs> thank you well uh we're gonna play one of those songs at the end of this episode as we're wrapping up um what song would you want to play? What What are you feeling really pumped about these days? You know, su- surprise selection from me, because this song almost didn't make it on the record, which is why I'm so into it. But yeah. good news um, is one of my favorite, favorite little moments now. Yeah. What was it that made you feel like it maybe was not going to get on the record? Uh, I think just what I was saying freaked me out. Because right. I, I, I can't really make stuff up. So yeah, it yeah. really is just kind of my real life, but maybe a little bit embellished or just kind of put in a different order so it right. makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that one just felt really close to home for me, and I was feeling uncomfortable about collaborating on it. Yeah. Um, but it's really fun to play, actually. And um, But yeah, it was just a song that was hard for me to want to share. Yeah, yeah. How how does it feel then playing like that one specifically live now? Like, is there, or or I guess, do you even like? I do, yeah. I yeah, do yeah. play it live, yeah. Um, it oftentimes is one of my favorite moments in the set is playing that song. It's yeah, really, yeah. Uh, it feels really exciting. Yeah, I feel like I beat myself. You know, <laughs> like I I'm like, haha, I yeah, won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can do it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, Well, yeah, we're going to listen to a song uh, off of Communion by Sister Ray. It is called Good News. Um, 
thanks so much for sitting down to chat. It's a real fun conversation. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. My brother calls me in distress, looking for another breath. Say I've only got one left in the pack. Says I'm calling from a bloody bed. Don't worry, I think that's all of it. And death enters. Head back to the house where you said it all went down. The lights are on the ground now. But to tell you the truth out loud, I didn't have the heart to hear the sounds. Death was all around. about the sweet smells all the ones we tucked in the breasts of our blouse like deep snow in december first cigarette of summer panic in the oven but can you imagine a crowd would you imagine a crowd around you now in front of us Inside the Artist Studio is produced by Sean Davis Newton for the Cups and Cakes Network. Featured track Good News is played with permission from Sister Ray. Thanks to Laundry Week for the use of their song Nothing on My Mind from the Grimpy EP as our intro and outro music. Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website cupsandcakespod.com to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Thanks for listening.